What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Uh, rough week last week, but spring is here. Very warm up here in the Northeast, so lo- loving that for sure. Um, and uh, we're you know we're rolling right right into March. I think these are you know uh, very much consecutive weeks we have going forward. Uh, on these uh, UFC cards and just packed MMA uh, all around. So there's a Bellator card as well, some PFL stuff, just, you know, LFA. So tons of MMA, you know, I think one of the most active times I, uh, there's ever been. Eagle uh, FC, sure. you know, keep Khabib's promotion. Oh, Eagle. Some yep. fights too. Um, yep. But yeah, but this week, this podcast, you know, we're going to be talking about the Magomed Ankalai versus Tiago Santos card, 14 fight card going down from the UFC Apex. And for a UFC fight night, I think this is probably the best card of 2022 so far. Um, we got good fights on the prelims, a solid main card. Uh, it's going to be fun to see Ankalaev in his first main event. Um, so, yeah, really good card. Looking forward to analyzing this. This, this, card's, in the, this, this card's in the Apex, right? It is. Yes. yes. Apex, Small okay. cage. Okay. Later um, on this month is when they do the Columbus one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's going to be fun. First car, first fight night with a crowd in, you know, several years, over two years. And, um, but a uh, good week for me last week, actually. One of the rare times I profit and Ozzy doesn't. Uh, six unit profit for me. Um, you know, a lot of good prop action. A couple money, um, money line underdogs came through with Elliot and uh, Morose. Um, you know, Morose was just, uh, like I said, the pumping, uh, the, the, the fighting spirit of the Ukraine was pumping through her veins. I said that, and it came to fruition. You know, incredible performance from her. Um, you know, they robbed us on that Kennedy decision. You know, a couple weeks in a row with some bad decisions. So hopefully terrible. we don't get, hopefully we don't get terrible. hosed for any more bad decisions. Um, and uh, also, my best bet won, and Aussies didn't. So you know, definitely showed up the homie last week. But uh, like I said, that's yeah, a bit no. of an outlier. You know. Yeah, not not great for me last week with the that Kennedy decision just left my blood boiling. I think if I win that one, I'm I'm not even, but very very close to even uh, on the uh, on the day, and that thing just got me, you know, my blood boiling. But definitely some missed opportunities. Jalen Turner, um, you know, the leverage that he was getting on some little strikes that he was hitting uh, Malarkey with, Malarkey just could not withstand it anymore he kind of just made the decision there he's like holy crap like that that was a crazy hard punch you just hit me with i'm going down um but uh but yeah i think most people had a pretty good week last week it was a, a lot of chalk on the main card you know a few a few dogs on the on the prelim so interesting card did it wasn't uh the best for me but um you know glad uh people were uh, making out all right but uh yeah a good good card this week so uh let's uh get into it for sure Let's get right into it. So first fight is in the light heavyweight division. We got Azamat Mertzikhanov making his UFC debut, taking on Tafan Chukwi. We got uh, Azamat Mertzikhanov minus 180, Chukwi plus 155. Um, I guess I'll start this one off. So Azamat hasn't really impressed me. You know, this guy's a pretty short guy for the light heavyweight uh, weight class. Um, You know, he's his game is basically throwing a big left hand and then ducking into a takedown. He has knocked some guys out with that left hand. He actually knocked uh, his uh, contender series opponent out with a right hand. So it does have big power in both of his punches, but uh, his volume, he doesn't throw a whole lot of punches. He's kind of looking for that one perfect knockout shot. Or if he's not looking to strike, like he said, uh, he does like to dip under for those takedowns and he has a, a decent top game. I'm not super impressed with his wrestling or his top game. 
And, you know, this guy is pretty old. He hasn't fought too much in the past few years. So I think I'm going to be, you know, looking to fade this guy, honestly. Uh, Chukwi uh, did look good at the the weight class in his first fight at 205. He's going to be slow, but uh, Mertzakhanov also not a very fast guy. And I just think that the Chukwi's volume on the feet should should win him the striking. I think that Chukwi is going to be throwing a lot more strikes, and he has the much better cardio over 15 minutes. So if it stays in the feet, I favor Chukwi. You really just got to trust uh, Chukwi's takedown defense, which hasn't looked the best at times. Jun Young Park was able to take him down a few times late in that fight, but I'll I'll trust the the takedown defense of Chukwi. I'll trust the volume of him to win the striking here, and I'm just looking to fade Mertzikhanov, uh coming off the Contender Series win. So no way I'm laying chalk on Mertzikhanov and uh, looking to maybe lock in a bet on Chukwi here. Yeah, this is an interesting fight. Uh, Team Lloyd Irvin versus uh, K Dojo. For people in the Northeast, it's like a, a tale as old as time. These guys used to always have uh, like grappling matches against each other team-wise. But uh, yeah, Mirzakhanov, he's, I mean, it's an interesting guy. You know, Southpaw um, obviously has real power. You know, he, he definitely folds people. You know, it's a one-hitter kind of guy uh, as well. And he knows how to land on the, on these guys' chins. Like, it, it, he's not landing by mistake. Um, you know, he, he's looking, he's going out there to do damage. Uh, and and he is uh, he is finding the button and connecting, you know, quite often. So here, I think that he he might be able to mix it up a little bit. I think he will have to just because uh, Tafan, even though he's slow and plotting, he'll continue to come forward. He can throw kicks, um, you know, as he comes forward as well. So you know, you can't just be uh, expecting him to come in and catch him easily. I believe. I do think uh, Asma is going to be uh, much quicker. But uh, both guys, I think, are decently durable. Again, obviously, this left hand that this guy has is big. So, But I think I would kind of be leaning on this over and thinking this this might be a competitive fight. Although, you know, there is a possibility that, that uh, Azmat can uh, take down uh, Tafan easily, run circles around him, and then uh, maybe maybe get a finish. I don't know, maybe a submission. You know, you really haven't seen this guy really pass guys' guards. Um, but I think this is a well-matched fight, so I, I'm going to look at this over and uh, a, 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 and look to to play it that way. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 I think I lean, I lean though, though. I don't know. I I know some very respected people, like sharp guys that I know that you know they kind of looking at this and they're liking Azmat, but I think it'll be it'll be more competitive. So I wouldn't blame you know someone for you know being interested in playing into the the plus money here. Yeah, I like the over as well. And just my, my main thinking about the takedowns is if Mertzikhanov had trouble taking it down and keeping down uh, Gudo and Sente, you know, kickboxer, I think he could have some trouble here against UFC level competition. So um, that's enough about that one. Moving on to the next fight, Bantamweight fight. We got Chris Moutinho taking on Guido Canetti. Uh, Moutinho minus 155, Canetti plus 135. Uh, any faith in the 42-year-old Bantamweight here, Ozzy? This is a difficult fight. I mean, anyone who tells you they're they're very sure or, or certain about it is lying to you. Um, you know, this dude, uh, Moutinho, I mean, I don't think he has big power. I don't think he's very accurate. I don't think he picks punches very well. Obviously, he t- he takes, you know, he receives punches very well, right? He gets, he gets hit uh, quite often. Um, but Guido, I mean, if this price keeps going up, I guess I would probably lean and, and and just take a value play on guido just because he did survive against mana in terms of like the power he wasn't really getting he didn't really get stunned or hurt if i remember like he didn't really get dropped in that fight or 
you know, close to stopped, I didn't think. And, you know, it was pretty competitive overall. So, you know, he did obviously slow down uh, considerably, and that is the best advantage that Moutinho would have. But I think maybe I'll play the under, even though O'Malley couldn't finish this guy. I, this dude, Moutinho, is not I, – I, he's just tough. I think he's just – he's dumber than he is tough. Like, he, yeah, I saw a video of DC coming over to him after the fight, and this kid dude's eating like a – like ice cream sandwich. <laughs> He's just sitting backstage. <laughs> After DC's taking like, 250 punches. Dude, and DC's coming over to him. He's like, this guy's the fucking man. Like, And the kid's like shell-shocked. He still doesn't know where the hell he's at. He definitely has a concussion. Uh, so I just think this guy's dumber than he is uh, tough. No offense. Like, I don't... I'm not trying to find a rush. I'm just saying, like... Uh, I, I think he was just... Uh, th- that kind of, like... Uh, uh, um, heightened his durability in that fight and i don't think being on the prelims here looking across some guido that might be the same case so i'll i'll, I'll, I'll stab on guido but maybe like a, a itd or under on this fight but i i spent too much time yeah i think there's something there <laughs> to what you're talking about like this guy got mutinho got rocked and knocked out before in the regionals i honestly think like the the momentum of the crowd and the opportunity like kept him going in that fight but like fuck it keep going keep going this i mean he's sick good chance he took like a fucking life-changing beating in that fight i mean he took 230 punches in 15 minutes so um, hopefully the guy can recover from that. But uh, my main thinking here is is Moutinho is just much, much more more reliable to have the better cardio and be there for the 15 minutes. And I think that's going to be enough to beat Guido because Mano Martinez is not a good fighter, you know, really unimpressed with that guy in general. And Kennedy started well in that fight, but after like the seven-minute mark, I mean, his output dropped to virtually nothing. I mean, he just didn't have the gas to keep throwing punches. And I think that Moutinho is reliable to be there in the second half of the fight. And uh, we have seen him come on strong. We have seen him show uh, glances of offensive grappling with like a well-rounded skill for Moutinho. So I don't think there's many other Moutinho uh, or guys that Moutinho is going to beat in the UFC. But I believe Kennedy is one of the few guys that he will wow. beat. So I'll take You believe Moutinho. in this guy. I'll take you Moutinho believe in my this decision. Guy. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. No, it's not so much as I believe, believe in him. In I believe that Kennedy oh, just God. doesn't have more than seven minutes in him. And another thing about the Mana fight is Mana doesn't pressure. He stands right in front of you the entire time. It was like the easiest fight possible for Kennedy. And he's still... what's the reach here? I what's the reach here? What's what's what what's what's Moutinho's reach? Is it is it really short? I, it has Moutinho's to be. up there though. He, he's in New England, same. dude. I don't know that you, you're talking about this offensive grappling. He can't offensively grapple Guido, dude. He can't. Yeah, I don't think he's going to have an easy time. But like I said, I'm just picking based on the cardio and the youth. So we've we've spent enough time on this. Um, We're going to move along to the middleweight division. We got Dolce Lungambula taking on Cody Brundage. Dolce minus 130, Brundage plus 110. Um, So Brundage kind of, you know, soft cocked in his last fight. Uh, Honestly, I think that, you know, he kind of made some bad decisions there against Maximov. And. Uh, you know, he started like he started round two, uh, round one, like defending the takedowns, doing pretty well, staying off bottom. And then round two starts and he immediately shoots a takedown on Maximov and then ends up on bottom. And, you know, he was able to win th- win round three of that fight. So I, I don't understand. I think that he, he doesn't really have the best IQ. Uh, you know, Dolce, just a physical tank, uh, insane athlete, uh, comes from a wrestling judo background as well. So I don't think that uh, Brundage is going to have an easy time taking him down. And I think Lungambula just hits a lot harder, does more damage on the feet. Uh, I think Dolce's cardio looked a little bit better in his last fight against uh, Marc-Andre Barriut. 
hung in there the entire time despite getting uh you know outstruck and dolce took an absolute you know shellacking in round three of that fight and didn't seem phased at all by any of those strikes so i just think dolce is incredibly durable he's going to be hard to take down and i think he's going to be hitting a lot harder on the feet so i'll side with dolce here i think you know him being the slight favorite uh is about accurate maybe even a little bit more wide maybe like minus 150 minus 170 would be more accurate so i think dolce is going to win here hmm uh yeah so i mean this is a fight where brundage i think I don't know. I think that that UFC debut, obviously, I think it came short notice against a guy like Maximov. Not ideal, but he just didn't. He didn't look as good to me as that previous fight that he had on LFA. And I think that's just consistent with this guy in terms of, you know, he hasn't shown definitely his full potential yet. But at the same time, he, I don't know. He's once he gets in there, he's sometimes kind of tentative and. You know, against a guy like Dolce, who has power, I could see why uh, that might even come out even more. Um, I think for for Cody to comfortably win here, he'll he'll need to use his grappling and get some takedowns, and you know, kind of just sit Dolce down because Dolce doesn't really have get up ability. I don't I don't feel uh, other than giving up his back. Uh, so so that could uh, play into Cody's favor if he's looking to uh, get a finish here. Um, but I think I would I see the line going towards Dolce. I think I wouldn't take Brundage here, especially without getting decent plus money in, in, uh, considering he's just a guy who hasn't put uh, his MMA game together well. But I'll look at maybe uh, this G GTD or this uh, over just because I feel both guys it, they have a hard time get, letting go of big strikes, right? Throwing uh, big strikes uh, at each other, whether it be on the feet or ground and pound either. So, uh, so I think that uh, finishing uh, sequences could, could be very hard to come by. So uh, I'll lean towards that way and lean towards uh, Dolce. Yeah, I agree with that about the over two. I think Dolce knockouts the only possible way it finishes, but um, the next fight is going to be our first of a few women's fights on the card. We have in the women's flyweight division, Miranda Maverick taking on Sabina Mazzo. Maverick, considerable favorite, minus 310. Sabina Mazzo, plus 260. Ozzy, I know you're looking forward to this one. Let us know your thoughts here. Yeah, so this fight is at 125, uh, correct? It is, right? Correct. It is. It's at 125. So, I mean, just... At three, at you know, seventy-five percent minus three hundred on on Maverick. It's just the finishing ability that she has is very, very low. You know, I think the only way she could cover this price is if she takes down Aunt Mazo and just kind of lays on her for three rounds. Like I don't really think that she's really passing guard and moving all around her. Mazo on the feet. The thing is that there's nothing that Miranda does that makes me think that she could easily beat a, a, a striker longer than her even i'm not even talking about the skills that Mazo has just a girl longer than her i just think it's gonna be an ugly looking fight and it's an easy fight i think for Mazo to be competitive with her and if there's any points where you know uh, uh miranda i don't think has the best wrestling and you saw that in that last fight against aaron you know, I could see a, a a situation where Miranda's trying to take Mazo down, but because Mazo's so big and long and whatever, she ends up like throwing her or tripping her, or, you know, taking her down with some judo stuff that, you know, sometimes 
the longer athlete is able to to do and and you know getting on top of of Miranda and then she can't get up from there and then or 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 um Mazo, you know, kind of progresses position, lands ground upon, you know, wins a fight. So I just feel this fight is definitely way closer to 50-50 than closer to the, whatever this monstrosity they have out there that people are betting into. So, I mean, I couldn't sleep on myself laying three three bucks on uh, Miranda to get a win. You know, if I'm ever at that point, I need, a, I, I need some serious help. So... You know, I'll take Mazo. I'll back her with some bucks, and let's hope that uh, she could be competitive here, and uh, and maybe win a win like a twenty nine, twenty eight decision. But you know, this is definitely a, a a dog money line that you that you play. So yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. You know, good points, and I don't, I, I don't you know overtly disagree with anything there. Um, I just think that you really gotta consider who you're putting your money on, and that is Mazo, who I just don't think is, is a good fighter. You know. Um, obviously, uh, her loss to Agapova has aged even worse after Agapova, you know, uh, got demolished by, uh, the Ukrainian princess, Marion Baraz last week. Um, you know, completely different st style matchup, but I just think that, um, I just, I just have so little confidence in Mazo. Well, what, what are these noises I'm hearing here? Um, my bad. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like Ozzy said, uh, the only way Maverick covers this price is getting takedowns, but I feel like Maverick is, you know, somewhat intelligent enough to to look for takedowns here and to to get the fight on the on the floor. Uh, I do agree with what he's saying about you know Mazo being longer. I don't think that Maverick's going to have an easy time out striking her. The only woman that Maverick has outstruck is uh, is jojua right i mean even like even uh, Jillian Robertson was having you know some close moments with her on the feet. Um, so. You know, I, I guess I guess it is dog or pass, but I, I would be you know a little hesitant even about putting that money on Mazo. And you might as well wait because I could see people parlaying Mazo, and I think Ma uh, I mean parlaying Maverick. I could see Mazo getting up to plus three hundred uh, by by fight day. But that is enough said about that one. Um, next fight, you know, probably the main event for most people in the featherweight division. Uh, we got Damon Jackson, the leech, taking on Camilla Kirk. Jackson is down minus 113, Kirk minus 107. So this is a line I was eyeing for a few weeks. Um, you know, Ozzy kind of put me on to Damon Jackson a few fights back. You know, he's been fond of him for a while now. And I think this is another great spot for him. I was able to get in plus 135 on the money line uh, for two units. And, you know, he's now the favorite. So uh, win or lose, already made a great bet. Uh, but I think this is a great matchup for, for Jackson in terms of stylistic Um you know, the way they, they match up with one another, it's pretty similar to the fight that Kirk just had against Makwan Amir Khani. And uh, Kirk in that fight, um, pretty low volume striking. You know, I, I think it was short notice and it was his UFC debut. So uh, and he did get his hand raised. I, I bet on him in that fight, too. So it wasn't a bad performance from Kirk, but I think he showed enough weaknesses in getting taken down and going for that full guard, not really scrambling back up to his feet. And when he's on the feet, he is, you know, a good te uh, technical striker. He just doesn't throw a whole lot of volume. So I think that uh, Kirk is probably the better striker of the two, but he's not going to be throwing a whole lot of volume to make that striking advantage count while it's on the feet. And then I think that Jackson is just a better wrestler. I think Kirk uh, will be getting taken down here. I think that he's liable to to go for those um, 
that full guard, maybe try like a triangle off his back like he did against Maquan. But I think Jackson is fully capable of avoiding that guard sub. I think that Jackson is, uh, you know, pretty nasty on top. Uh, I think he's going to be able to pass and, you know, stay on top and half guard, you know, just grind out this decision. Um, you saw Jackson in his last fight against Rosie, even when he got that huge cut and was gushing blood, he, he was still just grinding away uh, to get that decision to win. And I think Jackson is durable enough. He's competent enough as a striker and he's fully capable capable enough of a grappler to, to take this fight to the floor and out grapple Kirk over 15 minutes. So I like Jackson here and you know, the market is agreeing with me. Yeah. So I also have some Jackson plus money. Um, <clears throat> I think still, even at pick them, you could, I, I think I would side, you know, I think some people are, are, are enjoying this line movement and, and think they want to play Kamala Kirk. I just feel, you know, I echo a lot of the same things, but overall, you know, Kamala Kirk's, uh, stand-up game he doesn't really i mean he has a few ko's on his record but he doesn't really sit down and and kind of throw uh hard you know i would say and when he does uh throw you know sit down in the pocket i think it does take away from what his takedown defense is you know i've seen him just sometimes he, he his reaction times are is a little uh slow and i just think if he's committing to striking uh, it's gonna be easy for Damon to to take him down, and then between the two of them, I I just like the tendency that Damon has of whatever it is. Like I'm not ending up on my back. Like if you're gonna you know choke me while I'm getting back up, like so be it or go for it. And I don't think Camilla Kirk has that same instinct uh, in him. But I think this will be a competitive fight. Obviously, that's why the line is at pick him. But I do think there's still some value on Damon Jackson. He has cardio. He's got a good wrestling game. He's got a good jujitsu game. And his striking is not that bad. Um, I think if he's on the front foot, I think he's fine. Uh, I think he uses all of his weapons pretty well. But the main thing is this guy's smart. He knows uh, how to win fights. He's got a great record. Uh, he's been, you know, goes the distance often. And he just knows how to win. So this is the kind of guy I like to back that I like to bet. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, I, I'm on him here and honestly, like the more I'm thinking about it and seeing consensus here, I think that there's still value. And I think this is uh, something that happens sometimes with the, these lines. So I think I might be adding, uh, to Damon, uh, some, somewhat soon. Yeah. I mean, I have him, you know, 55% minimum here. So I, th there is still some value left. Um, you know, Jackson, one of the comebacks of the year or two, a few years ago against Mursad Bektik, a great grappler. So I think Jackson is, uh, is our I man. Had, I had week. him there. I had him there like round, what, what, what round did he win? Round three. three in there? Yeah. Yeah. I think he was like 25 to one and went round three. He was like eight to one by submission. That was a great, he's like four to one, five to one. That was a great cash, but yeah. this guy's tough, man. He doesn't stop, you know, looking to, to win the fight. And so the kind of guy you want to bet, man. So, you know, uh, Kirk, he, he's got cardio problems, you know, even against a guy like, uh, Mach one in his last fight, who is he has nowhere near the cardio of jackson he was uh he was slowing down himself so damon's a good bet i think I i'm pretty sure of that and kirk kind of won that fight via ending up on like on top in the last like 90 seconds of round three too was... i did back him too i did back him in that fight you know this guy's good like he's good he's a good fighter you know he's young too so i wouldn't be surprised to see him win but i think that damon deserves to be a favorite here
That's true. And uh, last thing I'll say, Damon Jackson, the second best fighter at Fortis MMA. And, you know, my thesis on, on uh, Fortis MMA fighters kind of failed me last week. And Zeshuku was coming off a loss. He was he supposed won. to win. Um, but, you know, that just proves that there are glitches in my thesis, uh, you know, even after all that research. So Jackson, even though he's coming off of a win, I think he's still the play to make here. Um, and that's going to take us to the next fight. Bantamweight division should be a fun matchup here. We got uh, Javid Basharat making his UFC debut, taking on Trevin Jones. Uh, Basharat's the favorite here, minus 135. Jones, plus 115. Uh, hard fight, I think, to be super confident in, though. I'm interested to see, hear your thoughts here, Ozzy. This, this Javid guy smells, man. Like, I don't know. <clears throat> I think... <laughs> <laughs> like he's got a super weird background like i don't even know what country he's from i don't I think know what that, that i don't know what that flag is you know no offense to that country um but don't don't really see it then i see that he's like from england or some shit mm. and then i saw that he was like getting ready like at some other european country and but now he's in las vegas so i don't know what the deal with this guy is like I don't know if he really trains like in that Leon Edwards gym over there, but he's he's like a karate guy, like a like a bootleg, like a super bootleg, like um, you know, karate taekwondo guy. Like so, he moves around, like he keeps his hands kind of low, but he's like a little fidgety. He throws like some. I don't. This guy's weird, man. He's like he's almost like like a Scoggins type of fighter, like Lorney Lawrence, but he just, he's not as good. Like he doesn't move as fast. He's he, he you know he'll go for submissions too like he'll try to wrestle as well so it's a, kind of a weird guy to get ready for because you really don't know what he's gonna do you just know he's gonna look really weird doing it but I just don't think that this guy like that his grappling game is as good as uh, it people think it is because of some of these submissions like th dude he has a ground and pound win over a guy that's two and thirty nine or was <laughs> when they fucking fought. That's some like that's crazy. And then the guy that he beat before the contender series, right? You gotta look into this a little bit. Like you see, he's 14 and 2 right now. I'm looking at his page right now as we talk. But you look at some of the like his wins and like the wins of like the even good guys on his it's all bullshit. Like all these guys and like these these promotions like Octagon, like all they all have these really sketchy wins. So you need to identify that a little bit as well on this European scene. Um, but I don't think this Javid dude is a good I Trevin <laughs> Jones, man. I like this dude's well rounded. He's fought like he's he's gone in uh, the distance a bunch of times. He's lost a lot of split decisions, but I don't really give a fuck about that. I just like that he's gone three rounds before. This guy, this Javid dude's never gone three rounds, never went to a decision. And like I said, like the guys that he's stopping, it's not even like he's got a doctor stoppage on here as well. Like it's it's very sketchy. He's got a heel hook. Like, who gets like does this guy look like he does heel hooks? No. So I think this dude's super sketchy. Trevin Jones, he's got power. He's got a legit grappling game. I know it for a fact. Um, and I think that last fight, it was just like a weird fight. That Kakramanov dude is tough. And uh, it was like super short notice. He had to cut weight like four times for that fight. I don't. I give him a mulligan. So here at Dog Money, for sure, give that shit to me all day. And I think he's going to smack this dude up, dude. Like if you could be Mario Batista, you're a dog to this guy. No way. You saw Mario Batista the other day. He was looking great. That is true. This, Good this win. guy Good here, win dude. Come on, this guy. This guy. You've never even seen him take a real punch. Yeah. Never. No adversity in his career. No, no. He's never ate a real punch. Never been the distance. Doesn't look dynamic. Doesn't look strong. Doesn't look fast. Doesn't look.
nothing. I don't. Yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot of skepticism warranted around this guy, but I don't think he his skill in the actual cage doesn't look like glaringly awful. Uh, he he I mean, looks he looks, looks all right. He looks, right? He's he's well rounded. He's well rounded. He does stuff. But just but against who, right? But that guy, uh, that guy you're talking about, you click on his topology page, the two and thirty nine guy. It, there's a warning. It says this fighter has purposely participated in bouts with no reasonable path on. to victory, displayed a lack of competitive effort, and is unjustifiably matched against far more skilled opponents. In, I've never this seen that before. This is his sixth fight. This is sixth his sixth fight. fight. Twenty nineteen. Two years ago. Yeah. Two, or three years ago. Um. That is interesting, but um, you know, like his two most recent fights, like you said, this Calhoun and this Ukrainian guy, you know, both very, very padded records, and you know, you see, oh, he beat an eleven-one guy, a sixteen and zero guy. Well, that doesn't really do justice to the quality of fighters those guys are. So, um, you know, Bashra does pump out volume on the feet. He does seem like a decent offensive grappler, but um, you know, Jones looks, you know, very skilled in all areas. Uh, you know, don't be fooled by his record. You know, having seven losses, I think he's better than that. Um. And, you know, like Ozzy was saying, knocking out Mario Bautista, that's a hell of an accomplishment. Nasty timed uppercut there. You saw him survive that tough onslaught by Valiev and come back. So the dude, you know, is tough. Um, I would say, will say that it was quite concerning how he got held against the cage and outgrappled by Kakramanov. I thought that his, his cage craft in that fight just didn't look good. Anytime Kakramanov walked forward, he would get that body lock against the cage and hold him there. But um, like Ozzy was saying, there's a lot of circumstances around that fight. I think, like you said, he had to cut weight like back-to-back weeks and there was a last minute uh, opponent change on three days notice um so strong cock exactly yeah um he just got cocked there nothing you can do about it um so i think that i think that you know the side is probably on jones here although it it is a hard fight to be you know super confident i don't have like a super strong read i think bashra could be you know good and promising and he could also be a complete fraud uh, one of our commenters last week, though, said anytime Ozzy said someone is a fraud, they end up actually being a fraud, though. So, you know, it seems like he has a good bite on this guy. Uh, we'll see. I- I'll agree Speedbox with that. Uh, last that, week, though. Speedbox won. That's true. That's true. You know, uh, big, uh, big Moldova monster guy. Uh, the one thing I'll say about this fight, the fight going the distance is at plus 146. I think that that is, you know pretty wide i mean i don't the the inside the distance is minus 200 i think that's insane uh for a for a bantamweight fight give me goes the distance in this one um but that enough said about that that one that's going to move us on to a welter or no it's actually a women's flyweight fight the second women's fight on the card the second and last women's fight on the card we got Jillian Robertson taking on JJ Aldridge Jillian Robertson minus 120 Aldridge plus 100 um you know pretty you know pretty striker versus grappler matchup here you know robertson is going to be looking to get the fight to the floor Aldridge wants to keep the fight standing these women have trained together a good amount um so you know they're going to be familiar with each other's strengths and you know jj trains with a pretty good camp of women out there in colorado rack up pennington um random maverick um What's the girl who uh, Claire? You know, Ozzy's a big fan of her. Yeah, yeah um, Claire. You know, Guthrie. Just a lot Guthrie. of different. Look out for her on this season. The tough. I'm rooting. Definitely rooting for her. Um, tougher contender series. I think. Yeah, that's right. They're doing women's flyweights, right? Um, 
But uh, yeah, so she trains with good women out there, and I think that I think the striking is going to be you know pretty one sided for Aldrich here. I don't you know I don't see Robertson having much success in the feet, and I, I just think it's much more likely that Aldrich is going to win the fight while it's standing than it is that Robertson is going to get the fight to the floor consistently. I think that Robertson's going to need multiple takedowns and, you know, her athleticism is just, is just not good. She kind of runs into a wall in terms of athleticism. Um, you know, I, I made this point this week that, you know, Miranda Maverick, um, you know, got taken down and out grappled, you know, severely versus Aaron Blanchfield. Blanchfield made it look easy. You would think that Robertson was, it would be able to do the same thing, but Robertson just encountered a lot of trouble with Maverick's, you know, strength and physicality there. And I think Aldrich um, has defended enough takedowns in her UFC career to the point where I'm comfortable saying that her, her takedown defense is decent. And I think that she's going to, you know, outbox Jillian here when it's on the feet. I trust her enough to stuff the takedowns, um, you know, not quite confident enough in her to like, you know, say, oh, there's value on her money line. But the goes to distance in this fight, again, plus 122, a plus money on a women's fight to go the distance. You always got to be interested in that, especially because Aldridge does not finish women, period. And Robertson only finishes really bad women on the mat, like Cachuera and Molly McCann. Uh, you know, the women that she has finished just on the mat just aren't really good uh grapplers so i think that uh you know aldrich here i'll take aldrich i'll like i like the goods the distance as well Nah, man fuck that like jillian's in the there is one elite skill in this fight and it's the grappling of jillian robertson the takedowns when she's on top even when she's on bottom and you know, you mentioned uh, something about Jillian hitting a wall, you know, athleticism, all those things. The only person that's a worse athlete than Jillian at 125 or someone who I could guarantee you is, is J.J. Aldrich. All right. I don't know if you saw that Vanessa fight. This girl just looks like I don't, I'm not try <laughs> I'm not trying to say she looks heavy. But she just looks like she could be a one. Bulky. She looks like yeah. she could be a one fifteener, and she looks kind of slow to me, even for like a like the female division. I think that like once uh, Jillian can get a hold of her and start slinking around her, slipping behind her, and all that, she's gonna take her down. She's gonna get this girl down to the ground in some way, shape, or form. And honestly, like look, Jillian, her her striking is terrible, right? But I do know she trains all the time. And JJ, even though you like. That Vanessa fight, not a not a fast paced fight at all, and JJ look just looking slow. Like even on the feet, she's not dangerous. Like uh, Jillian could, I mean, Jillian could probably win a decision here, even fighting on the feet. I'm not saying I'd favor her, but JJ's not dangerous. Like Vanessa is like a 105er. She's not even a 115er. Like the the, the back when JJ beat her, she was still stripping because. She said that she quit her job. <laughs> she said she quit her job as a stripper before the the the, the Juarez fight where she she beat me. She she took uh, she, yeah, she, took, a, she took your fucking money, bro. She took me like out for like six k right there. Uh, <laughs> if I'm counting, if I'm counting the winnings, if I'm counting the winnings on that plus one fifty. God, like how did that happen? But anyway, um. So she was still stripping when she fought JJ and she went the distance with her. Like she was grappling her. I don't know, like walking through the punches. Like the only time Jillian ever got KO'd really was that uh was that that Macy fight. This girl mm -hmm. doesn't hit like that. Um she got KO'd by her as well. So I like I like Jillian here a lot. Like 
a lot. So I like this price coming in. I think that she's going to be able to grapple her, take her down, get a single leg, sit her down, get to her back, put her flat on her back, maybe even get an arm triangle choke or something is, I think, what I would lean towards. JJ is not, like, this girl's not that good at just MMA overall. Like, she need, like the wins that she has is, are not good. Like, she's not a good All right, well, fighter, this is our head-to-head so. matchup uh, this week. Let's see, let's yeah. see who, we're, who ends up on yeah. top. You're, are you going to put any money on your girl, though? Like I said, I'm her? leaning towards goes to distance, I think, is the best one. Because JJ, JJ isn't finishing her. No fucking way. So, like, you might as well take JJ decision if you if you, if you you like her, you know? I've liked JJ in the past, but I'm surprised that this is, like, lying. Like I don't know. I, Aldridge is She's sturdy, never, bro. Who, She's who, sturdy. Who, That's who, a good one. Who's tried to grapple? Yeah, who's tried to grapple? Um, her? Yeah, I was I was looking at this, and not, not many women have like dedicated uh, grappling a heavy game plan. Um, Juliana Lima took her down a bunch of times and beat her five years ago. Demopolis, she lost. Demopolis yeah, exactly. got some takedowns. Lauren Mueller, Viana had her down briefly. I guess Viana oh, would probably not on the level. Hey, bro, man, she got a kind of ske- she like got a sketchy fight. decision. Viana was on. Viana was pulling guard. Viana was pulling guard in that she, fight. I remember she got a like, sketchy decision win over Courtney Casey last year too. Um, There's no way J- JJ's winning three fights in a row, bro. That's the true. UFC that is that is that is a concern. She's, she's losing, dude. Sell them stocks, dude. Sell them stocks. Goes the distance. I like. I like not... it. Goes. She's look watch guys just watch that third round against Vanessa like does that feel like a fighter that let's say is 1-1 that she's definitely going to win the third round Jillian's been in way higher paced fights than uh what's even the catch a body fight that was kind of high paced they were grappling hard the Miranda fight like just letting you know these, un- unanimous 30-27 for JJ in that fight by the way who for what for who in against uh Demopolis um yeah, so what? You well, you don't think you don't think fucking Jillian would sub- Jillian would submit Demopolis like in the round Probably, one. Yeah, I do agree. Demopolis a pull guard. Different matchup though. <laughs> enough enough about Dude, this. Jillian's enough different about on the ground. Nonsense. I don't know. Jillian's like the Hoist Gracie of Right, the right. Division. Totally. Doesn't totally. She, like, lead she could now grab she, she like, could now grab Miranda Maverick. Uh but she's you know, Hoist Gracie. Isn't she first? Isn't isn't she first in submissions? What? Bro, I'm only talking about objective stats. Yeah, women. I don't know. That's not. Uh, no, in men. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not something I'm interested in looking up that information. Right, Enough right. about this right. uh, blast fight. fight. Um, we're in the welterweight it's division. International Women's Week, dude. Don't fucking. Say uh, that. that was yesterday. The day's over. They only have one day. It's not a week. It's a day, and that day has passed. Um, I like. Uh, I like in the USA. USA. I'm taking Jillian's or JJ's pasty white thighs in this one. Um, so anyway, welterweight division. The fuck does USA have to do with it? Uh, Canada. <laughs> Canada MMA on, fighter is not good, bro. Um, oh, this bitch is Canadian. I forgot. Uh, Matt Semmelsberger oh, minus two ten. AJ Fletcher plus one eighty. Fletcher making his UFC debut, fresh off that flying knee. Uh, I think it's your turn to but start this one off. What are you thinking here? Is it? Interesting fight. I mean, this Fletcher dude, I mean, he looks like uh Lewis Kosi. Like he uh, to me, I look at these guys and they look the same to me. Um, you know, super jacked, you know, real short, uh throw throw big shots. I mean, the guys I mean, obviously he he's very athletic, dangerous, like you, know, you got to have a mean streak to go in there and want to, you know, fly and knee someone in the chin. And this guy's got that. Um and he's fighting another guy in Samuelsberger who I mean, he almost killed that dude. <laughs> that like Martin Sano. Uh, yeah. Sano, 
Santa was down for a while, bro. I was kind of <laughs> nervous for him. I was kind of worried. Like a role there, player. Dude. I don't a role know. player right there. That was bad, man. But you know, even though that that was the closest that thing knockout, to like a a Make a Wish Foundation fight in the UFC ever. I guess. Uh, I mean, no. D- don't worry, dude. The UFC is still young, dude. We're, we're gonna get, we're gonna keep going. I think it's <laughs> only gonna keep getting worse. So remember, you 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 uh, sign your championship contract. You get two 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 boys into the UFC. So um, I'm still holding that hope. I'm holding that hope when one of my boys like gets the belt. So they'll if, call if, you up from so, the minors. Minor maybe, leagues, yeah. maybe, maybe I could be on the prelim. No prelim headliner. <laughs> Ho- Jose but, uh, Jose Perez is 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 your ticket in? No, 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 no. Perez. Oh yeah, maybe you know. But I think I think I think he's got some boys that he wants to put on. But. So what fight are we on again? <laughs> Semmelsberger and Semmelsberger. Uh, okay, yeah. So Semmelsberger, man, I, I I like this guy. I mean, this he he he's a a pretty strong you know striker. He stays in you know he's kind of stays in form. Like he doesn't kind of um you know kind of deviate too too far against that chaos in that chaos Williams fight. I think it did him uh, favors in not getting knocked out, but also he could have uh, opened up more and he didn't. Um, because of kind of like just his natural style, which caused him to lose that fight. But I thought it was a solid performance. Um, you know, I think this guy has some some grappling as well. Uh, I, I think he has uh, some background. I don't know if it was uh, college wrestling or it was high school wrestling. One of the two. I know he plays some football. But overall, this guy's just a solid MMA fighter. I think he got built up pretty well with all his skills. And he's just adding on to him, you know, now. But he's a two-to-one favorite here. Against a dude who I think is going to come with a grapple-heavy approach maybe early on. Or at least like a very high-variance game plan early on in the in the fact that I think he, he's going to be looking to like get a takedown, get to the back, get get a takedown, get you know a, a really good position. Or when he's on the feet, I think he's just looking to throw bombs. But I kind of like Semmelsberger more than I like Fletcher when I do look at them and think about them matching up against each other. I just feel Semmelsberger's game is more um, proven or could just work over a duration of 15 minutes more. Um, but I do think both these guys are probably pretty durable. I don't think that uh, Fletcher is really getting Semmelsberger out of there in the first round. I'd be very surprised if that happened. So I'll lean toward I, we're picking all overs and GTDs and goes the distance today but i like this fight to go over too if you are on the fletcher side i get it but if semmelsberger came real far in i think i'd look at him on a money money line or just like from a prop props perspective uh with whatever uh however the line uh went up changing ended up changing so yeah, I, I like pick, Sem- I like Semmelsberger too overall. I mean, I, I had some questions about him coming into the UFC, but I think the guy's you know clearly making steady improvements in all areas of his game: takedown defense, cardio, striking. You know, filling out the one seventy pound weight class a little bit better. Uh, but you know, three out of his four UFC wins are guys who aren't really UFC caliber. Obviously, Sano and. Um, Minus not even remotely close. Jason Witt is fringed here. And then Chaos Williams low-key thought he could, had an argument to win that fight. Um, you know, just a really close boxing fight. I think that, you know, he, he was landing pretty clean in that fight. Chaos Williams was just spamming punches off of Semmelsberger's guard there. And, you know, close close fight. Go back and rewatch that one. I think there's a good argument Semmelsberger won anyway. Uh, Fletcher, you know, very athletic guy, you know, kind of a short reach, though. He's got a 67-inch reach. I think we were looking earlier, Chris Moutinho and Guido Canetti have a longer reach in the Bantamweight division than Fletcher does at welterweight. So, um, 
not really good for his career trajectory. He's going to have a trouble, you know, landing some punches on these bigger welterweights with those short stubby arms. But the guy just comes out aggressive. He shoots takedowns early. Um, kind of a bit of an issue. What we were talking about earlier with Basra, where the majority of Fletcher's opponents are just terrible. And he, you know, gets him out of there really quickly. Even his best win on paper, the Diamani fight, you know, it's an Italian guy in the contender series. That guy didn't look any good to me. Uh, Fletcher did hit him with that nasty flying knee. But I think Fletcher is just generally com completely unproven in all areas, really. Um, but he, he's aggressive. He's athletic. He can wrestle a bit. I think he's probably going to fight for your money here at plus 190. Uh, I kind of see him as like a value dog that will look good for five or seven minutes, but then eventually lose. Um, I think the second half of the fight, the extended striking exchanges should really favor Semmelsberger. But, um, you know, I'm down for a small bet on Semmelsberger. I locked in a, a just a small, like, half unit uh, bet on him um, at plus 190. Like I said, I think he'll start fine. He'll Maybe he keeps it up and is able to translate to a finish. Maybe he can win two out of three rounds. But I ultimately do expect him to lose. So go, go light on this one, uh, even though there is some value there. And that's going to take us to the first fight on the main card. Um, once again, incredible main card for a UFC fight night in terms of uh, the fight nights in this year so far. I think this one is pretty clearly the best fight, uh, the fight card of the year. Um, and we're going to start things off. Amazing matchup. Uh, middleweight division. We got Alex Pereira taking on Bruno Silva. Pereira minus 175. Bruno Silva plus 150. Um, so, you know, this should just be an electric fight. You know, someone's getting knocked out in this fight for sure. Um, you know, the main thing you got to think that Silva's going to want to do here is to try to grapple. He's facing, you know, world championship kickboxer. Um, for what it's worth, Silva did say in interviews that he's not going to grapple and he wants to, you know, swing for the fences for a knockout on this one. So, you know, it doesn't really strike me as a guy who's going to be selling wolf tickets to the MMA media and, you know, fighting with a different game plan out there. But once he feels the power of Pereira, he probably is going to turn into a grappler. Um, but Pereira's takedown defense, his defensive grappling is not like glaringly awful. Clearly, the guy's been working on it over time. He's training with the champion Glover Teixeira. And that camp's been doing good lately. You know, willing to determine showing improvements. Uh, Alex Pereira, um, you know, looked good in his uh, Misha, De Misha Delis fight. Um, you know, he was able to stuff some takedowns there, stay vertical. And, uh, you know, the guy is just such a freak physical athlete that Misha, Misha Delis, even though he won the first round of that fight, he was completely exhausted from trying to control Pereira, completely gassed out and got, you know, bonked with the first flying knee in round two. Um, so I just think Pe Pereira is much more dangerous. Um, Obviously, the much more technical striker. I think his defensive grappling is good enough. Um, and Bruno Silva was just going life and death with Jordan Wright. He was eating knees to the body, to the head, and the clinch um, from Jordan Wright in that fight. And I think with a little more precision like Pereira has, he's going to be able to find the, the right strikes to get Silva out of there. And, uh, you know, I think Pereira is going to knock this guy out in the first two rounds. What are we thinking here, Ozzy? You're muted right now. Man, you totally uh, butchered Mikolaitis's, uh last name. Jesus Christ. RIP to that guy. Not a big fan it's, of Greek people in general, you know. No, God, they're super nice, man. I, I think no, you should I'm reconsider. Just, I'm just should reconsider. But, Suzuki um, sauce, pita bread, great stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so we're on, we're on this uh, Bruno fight. I mean... Man, I, this price is short. It just is. 
like for for Pereira. You know, I know people. This is the thing. Just just the same thing I was saying the other day that people like hype up the prospects, blah 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 blah. There's like another side. You know, like that graph that people make a meme all the time with like the real dumb guy on one side and then the you know genius on the other side, and they have actually the same take. Um, um it's the same thing here where people. They're always looking to like find the guy that's gonna kill the prospect early, or like that's gonna pull the upset on this guy early. And you know, what usually happens dudes like Alex Pereira. If you're not, you know, grappling uh, them and being dangerous from there, aka finishing the fight, you ain't get knocked the fuck out. So if you're telling me Pereira's fucking, you know, doing takedowns with his boys and shit, okay. But what is he going to do once after he takes them down? You need to, like, is he going to finish the fight? Is he going to land ground and pound? Is that what he's going to do? Or is he, like, hold this guy down, submit him? He does no, have nasty not. ground and pound. I don't I think give that's, a fuck, dude. That's the best. But, I, I, one, I'll give him credit. The best thing Silva does is do ground and pound. But yeah, he. I do he, agree. He lands ground and pound, but you need, this is the thing that I, 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 I've cited a few times. When you, after you take a guy down, right, there's transition moments. Where you need to be either hitting the guy, you could be you can hit the guy on bottom, or you can hold the guy on bottom. Okay, you can't do both of them at the same time unless you're like weaving their legs together, all this shit. So even if this guy's trying to uncork punches on the suit of uh, Pereira, Pereira for me looks like he has pretty good cardio. He knows how to these like strikers like Pereira, they just know how to like steal moments in time and uh and like bleed the and um conserve energy. So, you know, I think Bruno Silva, he also has good cardio. I wouldn't be surprised at this being somewhat close, you know. But I just feel like Alex Pereira, he just knows how to land these strikes cleanly on guys. And Bruno Silva is just way too square. And uh, and, and I think he's probably going to be a little too confident to get in close uh, too early. And I think it's going to be a short night for him. So I, I got Alex Pereira here. And I think uh, even at this price, you know, I've been thinking about it for a while. Like, I haven't bet it. Haven't lost that much value, so even at 175, 170, not bad. Let's do it. Next, next fight's a short notice replacement fight. We got Drew Dober. We're Main supposed event. to take on Rick Glenn. Now taking on Terrence McKinney. Drew Dober minus one sixty two. Terrence McKinney plus one forty two. What are your main thoughts event. on this one? Main event. This is the main. This is the people's main event right here. Um, I think this line is gonna keep going down, 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 down. Maybe a little buyback at maybe at one forty. But I think this is going, this McKinney line is going to like plus 120 territory. Just overall, you know, I know obviously Dober, I think he's fought at like welterweight. Obviously, Dober, Dober's thick. Dober's strong. Dober, um, you know, he has some ability to maybe outlast McKinney. Like if McKinney does take him down and Dober's like safe and all this stuff, you know, maybe he can, uh, you know, get back up to his feet and then just start putting hands on him. But I'm just very dubious of Drew Dober at this point. Because um, I just don't feel like, what is this guy fighting for, firstly? Second, like his ground game has just always been a problem in terms of like his takedown defense. And although I think that he's not a bad, like he's not as bad of a grappler as like Islam made him look, obviously. But if you get to this guy's legs, you could take him down. Like this guy's not a wall. And McKinney's pretty quick. And he just does, he covers, the way he covers distance, like, I don't know, this guy's like a weird grappler. Uh, when Zium like, puts his hand in that pocket and this guy traps it, spins, and, like, just recovers to top position, 
he's just got these fighting instincts that are very weird to me, and I don't really want to get in front of it again. So I think I'm gonna lean. I'm, I'm gonna avoid this fight, hopefully. But if I were to make a bet, I would bet on Terrence McKinney to win this fight. Uh, I'm still aboard the fade train. You know, uh, we lost some money on Ferrazium last week. You know, we or did. two weeks ago, whatever we that was. Um, that was disappointing. Um, but I- I'm still hopping on that train. I'm still not getting off the train. I think Drew Dober is another good spot to to fade this guy. Um, because yeah, I mean McKinney's grappling like before that zm fight like it wasn't good i mean he submitted a few guys in the regionals and whatnot but like not a good grappler and then he he got like i don't even know how the hell that fight ended up on the ground it was like a caught leg kick or something like that but next thing you know he he gets in top position he he is able to submit zm who looked like a white belt in that fight and I think it's probably just what we needed to happen to get, you know, a more generous price on Drew Dober because, um, you know, Dober's takedown defense isn't good. You know, I do admit that he he's not good at stopping takedowns, but the guy is also, you know, hard to, to really solidify good positions on. He's hard to submit, uh, you know, took Islam like eight minutes of top time to finally get a submission on him. So I don't think McKinney's going to easily submit Dober. Um, Dober's get-ups, I think, are, are you know, you know, serviceable. You saw him escape uh, position versus Alex Hernandez a few times. Um, and, you know, he's, he's done that against several guys. You know, I think Camacho, he was able to escape from. Uh, whatever happened to Frank Camacho, kind of fell off the face of the earth. But, um, uh, I think Dober is going to be, you know, butchering this guy on the feet for the most part. You know, he's not going to be phased by that straight left hand, that big uh, left head kick of McKinney. Um, and I think that we have yet to see McKinney, you know, strike at distance for more than 60 seconds at a time. And if we do see that, we're going to see Dober be the much more experienced, varied uh, striker, the b- much better pocket boxer. Um, and I think we're going to see, you know, who the real Southpaw knockout artist is in this fight. And it's going to be Drew Dober. I do think that he could have a rough round one. He could lose the first round. But I think this fight favors him so heavily in rounds two and three. Um, and just in the striking that it, I think that the pre-fight bet is still got to be on Drew Dober here. So I guess we'll go another head-to-head uh, disagreement here. I'll, I think Dober um, is worth it. Like I said, I think you could get him at a better price live, but I still think in retrospect he's going to be a good bet at minus 162. You might as well wait because I do agree with Ozzy that the money on Terrence is probably going to keep coming in just because this guy's you know a big hype job, but I, I'm willing to, to fade him one, one more time. I like Drew Dober here. I think he's going to knock him out. And let's go with the second round. And that's going to take us to the next fight. Light heavyweight division. Should be a hilarious matchup here. Uh, Carl Roberson taking on Khalil Roundtree. KR versus KR. Um, And we got Roberson minus 118. Roundtree minus 102. Roundtree got a lot of action today. On Bet Online. he was plus 117. Just... uh, about looks like Monday, Tuesday. Now he's down to minus 102. So a lot of action on Roundtree. And uh, I think Roundtree kind of went from overrated for at one point to underrated. Um, you know, after he, he beat um, Eric Anders, he went on the fucking Joe Rogan podcast and people thought this guy was like a legitimately incredible striker. And then, uh, you know, Ian Kuleba humbled him. 
uh, Marcin Prochnio, Al Struck him over three rounds. And then he was, you know, a big dog to Modestus Bukakis. He got that nasty knockout, butchered that guy's knee. And I think that, you know, the market is kind of uh, cold on Roundtree right now because he's facing Carl Robeson, who has spent most of his career at 185. He's moving up to 205 here. He has fought, fought a 205 before, but he's been undersized. And this Roberson, you know, he, he just has some of the worst fight IQ of anyone we've seen it in the UFC recently. Um, you know, that's kind of a well-known fact that Roberson just fights, you know, incredibly terrible. Um, and he, I feel like he might makes fights harder for himself. He does not take the easiest path to victory. And, you know, the easiest path here is would probably be to try to take Khalil down. Um, but, you know, I don't think Roberson's offensive grappling is that good. I don't think Roundtree's defensive grappling is that bad. Um, and I just don't trust Roberson to outgrapple this guy. Like, who was the last guy that Roberson actually outgrappled? Roman Kopilov um, in his UFC debut several years ago. So I think the value is on Khalil here. Not a guy that I, I really uh, enjoy betting on. Um, but I, I think you, know, you got to be betting against Roberson here at plus money. Any plus money against Carl Roberson is probably a good bet in the UFC. So uh, I think Khalil will outstrike this guy. His takedown defense will hold up. And, uh, you know, the size of Roundtree and uh, the striking is just going to win him this fight. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Weird fight. Roberson, I don't know. He's been fucking around for a long time. I think that cut to 185, though, for sure was brutal. This guy's thick. He's strong. And he just doesn't like cutting weight. I mean, he could make 185. Does just does like cutting weight. And I don't blame the guy. Um, where's Is he training again with, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's this guy's name? Kraus? You know. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. If not, he's with 25-8. You know, so it's always good to train with 25-8. You know, he's in... Huh? Beaston, yeah, Beaston. Beaston? Yeah, Beaston. He's getting ready for a world title fight, so you know, that might be twenty uh that might be. He is training with him. Nine. He posted a pic he posted a picture with Anderson. Uh, Corey, yeah. So, earlier this week. I mean, uh, Khalil's a head case, and you can never trust this guy. Ever, ever. I remember famously I sent the tweet <laughs> that if you bet one house on Marcin Prakniao after his fight with Khalil Roundtree was over, you would have how many houses? Four, three houses. four houses, because you'd have your house and then three more houses. So, so for some people listened to that advice and they got a few houses. Some people didn't. Some people laid it with Khalil. Even money for KO. Crazy. But Roberson, I mean, I, I, I've never really seen this guy be real timid is what I like about him. He could throw leg kicks. I think his shin is solid. Grappling, he's more the opportunistic grappler. Like, he knows all the moves, but he doesn't really like grappling. And we're going for it. He thinks it's kind of stupid. It looks kind of dumb. You know, but he, he trains the grappling. He's good. He's definitely a better grappler than Khalil Roundtree. Um, so, I mean, this line is closer to pick him here. And you're talking shit about my boy who, who is from the Northeast. So, I'll take this head-to-head as well on. And I like Roberson here. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not strongly picking him, you know, leaning his way. But Roundtree, this guy, you know, he he looks good until like the fight is multifaceted. So like that last fight where it was just kickboxing, circling around, done, he's good. But if you got a fight that's like going in and out of range, into the clinch, you know, taking him down, going, you him defending a takedown, going for it. Hit, hit, uh, what happens with him is like what happens with um. I told pe- some people this with uh, Sarah McCann. As soon as a, the, a fight with Sarah McCann is in, if it gets squirrely, her brain just overheats and she can't. You know, 
she just ends up making mistakes and you know she just loses in bad ways which you see and i think the same thing is with, with khalil so that's what's going to happen here northeast represent jersey all day carl roberson debut light heavyweight victory take it to the bank well, it uh, it seems like he did half his camp, uh, or or most of his camp at Glory in Kansas City, and then he, you know, visited. Perfect, uh, even better, York. even better, even better. He's got James Cross in his corner. I mean, I don't know, but the over, I don't know how he's gonna do it. I feel like Khalil, he's kind of tough. Sub is not bad. Sub is not bad. I have to bet. Sub. That's the only prop I would bet. Roberson by submission. You Plus one thousand. He, he almost does, does have multiple sub wins in the yeah, UFC, and he almost submitted Brendan Allen. So, hmm. if Brendan Island didn't do anything there. He would have got. He probably would have got tapped. Right or wrong? What What did he submit him with? Uh, no, Brendan. What did Allen he almost submit him with? Well, they were both going for leg locks. But if Brendan oh, Allen right. didn't leg lock him, he would have probably got leg locked. So. Straight ankle lock, though, bro. I mean, you, you, you can't don't be know. No, I don't know. You don't. You can't confidently. Well, he got. Ta- oh, oh, oh! You mean Carl? He's got. Some guys have glass ankles. It's okay. No, you I mean, can't yo, be capping a straight ankle lock. Well, he UFC. fucking did. So that's it, man. Stop living in the past. Khalil's not going for any ankle locks, dude. That's true. So that's that's true. Um, but he is Bangkok ready. So watch out for that. Next fight should be an amazing fight. Probably uh one of the best matchups on the card. Uh, in your opinion? We got in the featherweight. We got in the featherweight division. Sadiq Youssef minus two twenty. Alex Caceres plus one eighty five. I believe My it's turn? your turn to start this one off. Yeah. Featherweight banger, love these fights. Caceres, amazing resurgence, you know. And I kind of like him in this fight just because of like what I've seen recently from Sadiq. Like that Feely fight was interesting, but you know, in the last two years, this is gonna be like his first, like his second fight in two years. So like I don't know what he's been doing, which is weird to me because you know I I felt that he was gonna be a guy that was gonna just take fights you know kind of short notice maybe eventually go up to 155 but against uh what's his name Allen, you know i think you saw that again like this guy has an issue with the southpaws if he can't land big punches on you he does get flustered and is not very well planned out overall like i i feel like he doesn't connect as well as he needs to in some of these high stakes fights where um you know, you kind of need to win very close rounds like that. Arnold Allen fight, apart from when the times Allen hurt him, it was kind of, I would probably say it was close. But he was just not really able to get his offense going. And I don't think grappling-wise, he really wants to grapple that much with Caceres. Caceres is just a sneaky grappler. Like, he knows, like, like the sneaky sweeps. Like, he just got raised like that. That's how he kind of learned jujitsu and all this stuff. So at 2-1, to one, telling me Caceres 2-1, to one, uh dog to a guy in Sadiq that I mean Sadiq he has power but Caceres's chin is battle tested you know for sure he's gone uh he's he's definitely gone uh in deeper waters like been in you know higher paced fights and I just don't think that Sadiq is going to be able to rely on the grappling whereas you know if Caceres can get grappling going on Sadiq being a southpaw as well so basically on the feet as a southpaw i think he poses a lot of problems for sadiq overall with just range counters kicks 
you know, and, and taking away some like Sadiq's slide kicks. And then in the grappling area, I feel he's pretty slick. I think uh, Sadiq, I, I don't think he's much better than Sadiq, I would say. I just feel that he has like some traps that he could catch him with. Um, so I lean to Caceres, and I think I'll, I'll I'll take a little play on him here. This guy's just super reliable. Just always be training, come in shape, you know, be be very skilled everywhere. You know, not blown out of the water. Good cardio, good chin. So uh, as a two to one dog, I think you know I'll ride with him. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. Um, you know, I kind of had the same the same opinion this one as I did in the last one. I was thinking, you know, Caceres, he's on a four fight win streak and he is plus 250 against Choi. And, you know, that was kind of a sketchy fight. He did have some, you know, fortunate momentum changes there. Um, but, you know, he cashed that ticket in that fight. You know, great rear naked choke. You, you just see, you know, how opportunistic he is with his jujitsu. Um, you know, he was kind of waking up in round two of that fight, but Choi was still, you know, pretty firmly in control. And then all of a sudden, um, Choi was out of position one time. Caceres got the body lock. Sorry, I got a I got a FaceTime call. Sorry. Um got the body lock, got the back take, and then um was able to was able to get the rear naked choke there. So um, you know, really impressive opportunistic jujitsu there. And uh I just think the the market thinks that Yusef is a lot better a lot better than he actually is. I think this guy's, you know, pretty overrated in the in the betting lines uh often. And uh, I'm looking to take advantage of that again here. I think Caceres is gonna give him some problems on the feet. Uh I think that long, that retreating striking style is gonna be hard for Yusef to to land those punches on Caceres here because you know he's gonna be constantly retreating. He's gonna be, you know, using that tall man's defense, which actually works at times for Caceres. He's able to roll with the punches a little bit. And uh Choi was able to connect because he's so long and and and, and tall. But Yusef is a shorter guy, shorter arms, he's gonna have trouble reaching the chin of Caceres at times here and i think caceres has you know all the skills to make this fight close especially in the grappling i think that the body lock is going to be key here uh feely was able to get the body lock several times was able to get several takedowns and if if caceres comes in with that same game plan to get to the body lock get to the clinch he's going to be much better at getting those takedowns uh and keeping them getting that uh, that back take possibly and maybe even getting a submission here on uh sadiq and you know the caceres subline plus a thousand um not bad for a guy who's won, like, I think two of his past three fights by by sub. And, uh, you know, Yusef just gives up that back take. So I think that's real live here. I like Caceres here as well, uh, you know, for a, a small a small to medium bet. Um, you know, one unit, I'd say, is probably warranted. Um, that's going to take us to the co-main event of the card. Um, you know, real fun fight here. The co-main of the, the the fight nights have been pretty bad this year, but this is probably the best one. We got Song Yudong taking on Marlon Marais. Song Yudong minus 240, Marlon Marais plus 205. So obviously the issue with Marais is the guy seems to have one round of cardio. He seems to gas out pretty quickly. He seems to have a pretty depleting chin. Um, it's not like the guy is going down from like really weak shots, but you know, he's been knocked out several times in a row. Now the Cejudo beating was a sustained one. The Marab TKO was a sustained TKO. He got, you know, caught and, uh, finished quickly by Sanhagen and font. I would say probably the font knockout was the most suspect. Cause like Marlon took him down, was doing okay in the first few minutes. And then the second font got back to range, he just pieced Marlon up and Marlon's body was just like shutting down on him. Um, you know, don't forget Marlon's been like a pro for 12 years, maybe 15 years or something. I mean, this guy is deep in his MMA career and I think his body is just kind of, you know, given out on him. He's still incredibly skilled. 
still very fast, still has, you know, good striking instincts, but, you know, his, his physicality just isn't quite there. And Song Yidong uh, continues to prove me wrong. I think, uh, you know, Ozzy and I both lost on him uh, with Kenny and Julio Arce. The Arce fight in particular, extremely impressive there. You know, was able to knock him out with that head kick and punch combination. And, you know, we rate Arce really highly. Uh, one of the best fighters in New York. And, um, and Song was able to put him away in the second round. So after that, I, I kind of was like, man, this guy is a lot better than I think. I'm going to, I think, stop betting against this guy for the time being until I see, you know, a really good opportunity. And, you know, Marais with his fading durability and physicality is just not the opportunity, I think, to to take him here. I'd say if you like Marais, you might as well take the extra $2 and take him inside the distance at plus 400. I think if this one gets to the decision, it's not going to favor Marais at all. Uh, actually, you know, if it gets to the decision, it's probably going to be a very squirrely fight, but, um, song probably is going to knock him out in the second and third rounds. But, um, I don't think Marlon is going to slow down as, as drastically as he did in his past few fights in this one, because song doesn't really push high pace, not really a, a big pressure fighter. So Marias might hang around for seven, eight minutes before really slowing down here. You got any faith in Marlon Marias, Ozzy? I mean, I do a little bit just because I mean, <laughs> One of my this guy that uh that I know super sharp dude was uh telling me that he's betting Marlon against Marab and I was like ah oh, man like no way like I'm I'm not doing that he's like no dude for sure like first round knockout knockout you know all that stuff and I was like oh, I don't know and it was some big odds I don't remember what the odds were specifically but it was pretty good and obviously we saw what happened there this guy uh Marab is just an alien but uh. Song Yadong, on the other hand, he's good as well. Very quick, tight punches, uh, closes range very well. But if these guys are kickboxing, like he, yeah, he does land. But a lot of times, I did, did kind of feel that he like muffled, like like he he choked up a lot of his own strikes, uh, in terms of like his boxing and stuff like that. And I remember I'd make fun of him for uh. You know, if someone was like circle away from his right hand, like he, you know, wouldn't really throw anything from the left hand side. So, you know, completely different striker from Julio Arce. I think Marlon can control a pace on like a kickboxing fight much better. Song, not as big of a pressure guy. He he can and he did come forward on uh, Kyler a lot, and Kyler was able to break that up with takedowns. So I could see Song maybe starting slower or even pushing uh, the pace a little bit uh, faster. And uh, and Marlon looking good, you know, kind of defending and throwing back there. What I'm the, the sneaky play I'll do is just uh, kind of bet maybe like a song, like a later finish, like song round three. Just thinking these guys maybe kickbox for a little bit. They are competitive. Marlon is surviving, and then bang, lights go out uh, for the boys. So that's only nine to one though. That's fucking weak. Bad odds, yeah. What about starts round two minus one seventy five? I kind of like that. that could be, I mean, I I, I could think. I feel like Marlon's gonna want to, you know, uh, he's gonna be throwing those kicks out there. Chill out a little but bit. yeah, he's gonna throw the kicks out there, and I feel Song will respect the kicks, and Uriah will be like, you know, hey Song, like you know, you should win this fight, but this guy, you know, he gets tired, so you know, let's throw some stuff out, let him throw back a little bit, and then uh, and then we kill him later on. So. Song knockout at plus 100. Those are pretty shit odds. I think song decision plus 370. Not bad. Right? I mean, if it goes to this, you know. I agree. Um, 
All right, that's going to take us to the main event here. Light heavyweight division, Magomed Ankalaev getting his first UFC main event. Should be fun to see. Thiago Santos, uh, you know, has looked like a shell of himself lately, but the odds for this one, Ankalaev minus 550, Thiago Santos plus 385 on bet online right now. You know, I'm seeing some 600s out there for Ankalaev. So, uh, you know, hefty favorite in the main event once again. But uh, what are you thinking about this one? Ankalaev, the, the, ev- the ever-present dark horse as uh, he's been tapped in this division. And, I mean, this guy, he's just really good at fighting. Like, uh, I don't know, you know, who the who the hell he's been, like, uh, where he trained at, like, way before. But, I mean, the guy's a unit, right? He's huge. Uh, he's very strong. He has grappling. He has, uh, you know, power in both hands. I don't remember. I think, was it that he knocked out? He knocked out. I think he knocked out Kudalabo with both hands is the point that I'm trying to put across. Um, pretty easily, and you know, Kudalaba has a, a brick for a head, literally. Um, he's got a submission game, I think, as well, like hidden in there, can throw kicks out there. So, I what I just see happening is Uncle I have at some point just coming forward a little bit more and kind of putting making a trap for Tiago and knocking him out. Um, Uncle I have himself, though, if he is like throwing power strikes with Tiago, obviously, he could get clipped as well. And Tiago is a potent finisher. This guy's a freaking... He's got a hammer. He's got a fucking hammer. Yes, I said a hammer. Tattooed on his chest. This guy's got power. But And I heard in his pants, too, from Yana, too. Yana told me. I don't know about that, but... Congrats to them. I think I think they might they might have had their baby, so congrats to... They're going to have some athletic fucking kids, man. Yeah, well... Newsflash. They, these people, you know, their genes, maybe they, maybe they got a little bit of help. But anyway, um, I just think that Ankle Live's going to put some volume on Tiago, start clipping him with some punches, and at some point just hit him with a few shots like against the fence or something like that and just start pouring it on on, on, on him. So I kind of lean that ITD on, on, on Ankle Live. Like these light heavyweight fights can't all go to decision, right? Like they can't all go to decision. And you have two guys here who have power. They'll be exchanging in the pocket. Oops, excuse me, it was a, a burp. But uh, but yeah, I, I lean not alive. I don't give Tiago that much of a chance just because he looks just slower. He's not covering distance as well. So I like Ankh alive here, and you know, I think that record stays clean until Yuri gets his hands on him. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tiago just undeniably uh has looked worse since the coming off the ACL surgery. Obviously, he hurt his knees real bad against John Jones. Um, and just since then, it's just lost a lot of his explosion, his power, his athleticism, his aggression. Honestly, I think he really isn't the same fighter he was before the John Jones fight. Uh, just lost, uh, you know, a lot of confidence. That's huge. Thirty-eight years old too. No, no spring chicken for Tiago here. And I really think he's going to need. A- um, and you know, Tiago knockout is plus seven fifty. I don't understand why anyone in their right mind wouldn't take the knockout over the money line. There's just no value in money line. Uh, the only way that Santos can win is by knockout. Um, so, uh, you know, that's really all I have to say. It seems like a matter of Ankalaya decision or inside the distance. And at these current prices, I think the the inside the distance at only minus one forty five is a crazy line. I was expecting this goes the distance uh, or the inside the distance to be minus. 300 but it's minus 145 so i uh, might have to end up on that but i just think the uncle lives is going to finish this guy i agree with what ozzy said is he's just so 
you know, opportunistic and precise with his striking and just a very cerebral fighter that he's going to find a way to, to pick the shots to find uh, to find a finish here. The only concern I have about not finishing is if Uncle or if Uncle Live decides to maybe cage push and grapple like Alexander Rakic did, considering that was just such an easy path to victory for Rakic there. But that's just not the way Uncle Live fights. This guy knocks down, you know, all of his opponents. I think he's got like, I don't know, let's say eight wins in the UFC and he's knocked down, you know, seven of those guys or six of those guys. I mean, he hurts people and he's going to hurt Tiago on Saturday night. It's a damn shame. I once loved Tiago. Uh, you know, he did beat John Jones. Uh, he actually won four rounds off of John Jones. If you guys didn't know that, maybe you should go refresh your memory, but, um, yeah, he just hasn't looked the same since then. And, uh, he's going to get, uh, knocked out on Saturday night. So that is going to do it for this 14 fight card. Uh, you know, just a little over an hour in this one. Uh, but you know, really good card. Like I've been saying throughout, you know, solid top to bottom card. And that is going to take us to our, our best bet parlay. Uh, we have, we lost last week. Uh, I had the goes the distance in, uh, Masvidal Colby. I won, uh, Ozzy had the over one and a half and Malarkey Turner that missed by a and a half, like a minute and a half or something. Yeah. Um, we were, I uh, did the odds. We were like 76% of the way there to the over and it, 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 so it, close. it went down in flames. Um, so, uh, you, I go first in these ones. Um, so I will do, well, I, I don't know. I, I want to see what you're going to do. Uh, can, can you go first this time? Uh, I mean, sure. Um, so I was like looking at all these lines. I'm going back and forth. I like, obviously I like a lot of overs this week, like, like most weeks. And, you know, obviously I said Damon Jackson, but you know, obviously that line has moved uh, a bit. So for mine, uh, cause I want to get, I want to give a winner. I want to get back on the money line. So I've been giving out these, these fucking props. They've been blowing up in my face. I mean, they've been going like 50, 50. So I'm going to take, uh, I'll take Pereira, you know, to get back on the money line side. I, I'll take Pereira. I think Pereira's going to win that fight. I just think that the striking that the, these guys are going to just start, you know, throwing back at each other. Pereira just looked pretty calm to me in that debut. And I just, I got a good feeling about this guy just kind of working his way up, you know, and, and KOing a guy like Bruno Silva, who has, has fought a lot of guys that just were kind of scared of him, didn't want to strike with him. And I, I think Alex Pereira will, will definitely be happy to do that. Um, all right. That, that makes it my decision easier. It's going, I'm going to go with the inside the distance in the main event. I'm going to go minus 145 for Santos Ankalaev to, to end by finish. And if you combine those on Bet Online right now, you get, Minus 145, minus 175 for plus 166 when you parlay them together. So I think, uh, I think it's going to hit. You know, I think uh, I do agree that Pereira's winning. I think plus 166 might have been the exact same odds as Bobby Green and Jared Cannonier too. So good vibes on that one. And, uh, you know, that's been another podcast. We'll be back next week before whatever that card is. I don't even know what the next main event is. Um, but, you know, thank you all for listening. Make sure to subscribe, like the podcast. Make sure you're checking us out on MMA, retweeting on Twitter and whatnot. And uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you all win some bets this weekend. Hope you all enjoy the fights. And we'll see you before next week's UFC event. Peace out. Thank you.